Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. This week on Highways Voices, we talk about keeping our roads in top condition. I reckon that overall budgets are probably down about 30% compared to where they were previously. And the overall surface treatments market is down quite considerably over the past uh, probably five years, which against a context of a declining condition in our network is rather surprising, really. The essential subject of surface dressing is on the agenda today, here on Highways Voices. Highways Voices, in association with partner organisations ADEPT, the Transport Technology Forum, ITS UK and Elkrig. So Dr Howard Robinson, MD of ASI Solutions, is our guest and he'll be chatting to Adrian on the programme after Adrian Tatum has picked out a few top stories on the Highways News website. Thousands more motors will face a £12.50 daily charge to drive in London as the city's mayor, Sadiq Khan, expands the ultra-low emission zone to the whole of the capital rather than just the current zone within the north and south circular roads. The ultra-low emission zone will expand across all of Greater London from August the 29th next year. And Mr Khan adds that it was one of the toughest decisions he's ever taken. Whether or not vehicle is liable for the charge depends on how much nitrogen dioxide it emits. But the expansion plans have been met by criticism by some London boroughs who have said it's the wrong time to add to people's rising costs due to the cost of living crisis. A new report into the progress of National Highway's second road investment strategy has warned that by 2025, the government-owned company will have completed less work and at a higher cost than originally planned. The National Audit Office has examined how effectively National Highways and the Department for Transport are managing risks to value for money across the portfolio of road enhancement projects. And Milestone Infrastructure secured a £300 million deal to deliver highways maintenance over the next five years at Wiltshire Council. Under the new agreement, Milestone will deliver highway maintenance services to undertake a programme of maintenance and improvements on the highways and roads, network or other council land. It also includes street lighting maintenance and repairs. Milestone will also be required to reduce the carbon footprint of construction and maintenance activities over the life of the contract and consider resilience to changing conditions and extremes of weather. And on our site, you can also read about a connected vehicle trial doing great things in Manchester, loads on clean air and ultra-low emission zones, and a survey suggesting that the industry's got a long way to go to make people trust the safety of driverless cars. Don't forget we bring you news every day on the Highways News website. Sign up for our daily email into your inbox and remember we post stories on LinkedIn and Twitter too. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Swarco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient and environmentally sound. From software-as-a-service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too, find out how Swarco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swarco, the better way every day. So on this week's Highways Voices podcast, we explore the subject of proactive highway maintenance and the need for local authorities and those contractors that work on behalf of them to strike the balance between reactive and proactive maintenance as part of a proactive asset management plan. The latest budget delivered just two weeks ago indicated that the budgets to maintain the local road network appear to escape further cuts. Although as we sit in the middle of a three-year funding cycle, no further increases are expected for at least another two years. At that time, Paul Boss, Chief Executive of the Road Safety Treatments Association, said that now more than ever, increasing number of road asset managers are seeing the economic and sustainable benefits of whole carbon and 
cost lifecycle management. Enhancing proactive surface treatments are a big part of that, stretching their budgets and significantly reducing their carbon. He went on to say that potholes are in themselves a failure to maintain roads with preventative surface treatments. Year after year, councils report how many potholes they fill, and it's actually those that have least potholes that should be applauded for properly maintaining their asset. While additional finance is needed, there are still thousands of potholes formed due to lack of sustainable, efficient preventative maintenance being applied on good roads to keep them that way. With this in mind, surely surface treatment should be considered more often. Joining me this week is Dr. Harold Robinson, MD of ASI Solutions, who delivered the original asphalt preservation treatment, Rhinofelt, that helps protect and preserve the network, avoiding expensive resurfacing, as well as a sustainable surface treatment that can, can, can be considered 90% more carbon efficient than resurfacing as well. Howard, welcome to Highways Voices. Hi, Adrian. To what extent do you agree with Paul's comment I highlighted there? I think this has been a very uh, challenging year, isn't it, all around, really? And um, although maintenance budgets may be maintained in real terms, they're not because um, this year we've seen hyperinflation in the supply chain, cost increases going through the roof. Uh, and also there's been a, an overall reduction in funding that the government gave and then took away uh, a year or so ago. So I reckon that overall budgets are probably down about 30% compared to where they were previously. And the overall surface treatments market is down quite considerably over the past uh, four or five years, which, against a context of a declining condition in our network, is rather surprising, really. You know, we work also very closely with, with a lot of contractors and authorities, local authorities, and that there is a, a new generation, I think, of people coming through to see the benefits of surface treatments, um, in particular, carbon angle, carbon reduction angle. Obviously, our product is a preservation treatment which is normally applied to roads in reasonable condition to maintain and to keep the keep the hold the asset condition so in that context i think surface treatments have got should have a big role to play uh, in helping the highway sector the road sector in particular to reduce its carbon footprint because they do provide uh, the lowest carbon treatment option and many many authorities are very enthusiastic about surface treatments with new people coming in, I think there's always a challenge to keep people up to date and informed as to what's available. And we play our part in that. We do, we do lots of webinars and, and so on to uh, engage with authorities and make, make sure they're aware of all the treatments um, that we provide and uh, can help them to um, maintain their asset, their, their biggest asset. The, the best way to avoid the formation of potholes is to uh, treat your paint surface course early. The, the traditional approach to road maintenance is really to wait for defects to occur. You know, most of the RSGA uh, members, and obviously I, I ran the RSGA for many, many years, uh, and I was out there promoting surface treatments, but the treatments are principally designed for dealing with defects in, in some shape or form. Um, if you can treat the road surface a little bit earlier, just a couple of years earlier, before the defects become visible, then you will hold the, hold the condition up to maintain the road surface in that good to average condition for, for much longer before you then need to do something else like surface dressing or retexturing or, or and so on. So it's just making sure that asset managers are aware there are a suite of options available and that, you know, under ideal conditions, they should be looking to treat at least the strategic part of the network earlier. You know, often surface treatments are used in a rural context. They can also be used, they are used in an urban context as well, but asphalt preservation, which we obviously uh, provide and promote 
uh, is ideal for urban roads, uh, which are often quite difficult to get into. They always present a bit of a challenge in terms of dealing with the public and so on. And preservation is a very fast, high productivity process. It's one site visit. There's no aftercare. So it's, it's perfect, really, for urban roads, keeping them in good condition. And in doing so, you know, you will, asset managers will see a huge reduction um, in the number of potholes that have been uh, that, that form. We, we've treated the entire length of the M40 three times. And I think this year, there was a road user survey published that um, said that the M40 surface course was in the best condition of all the motorway surface courses in, in England. So there's a bit of a clue there as well as in terms of the value that asphalt preservation uh, can provide. Uh, regarding carbon, uh, we're all looking at um, how to reduce our carbon footprint uh, and compared to certainly compared to asphalt resurfacing, surface treatments, you know, surface dressing, microsurfacings, all provide a lower carbon option. Uh, preservation provides the lowest carbon option of all surface treatments. So there's a lot of um, scope to do things differently and think differently about how we go about managing the network. And uh, just a little bit earlier in terms of the, um, the treatment cycle, then it, it'll it'll pay pay back dividends really in terms of helping to hold hold network condition for uh, for much much longer before you need to get into that reactive maintenance stage. And there there are other benefits as well, aren't there? So nighttime working obviously <clears> reduces on, on on the need for shutting shutting roads during the day, uh, reduces traffic <clears> management costs, make the roads safer for, for for operatives working at, at that time. But also, I. Um, I understand Rhinofelt's been used on on, on bridges and uh, it's also used on on airfields as well. Yeah, there's a whole raft of benefits um, from using um, asphalt preservation. It's a, it's a nighttime treatment. Most surface treatments um, aren't, but it's designed for nighttime working. It's a three-man operation uh, in terms of applying the process. So you haven't got many people on the road surface, which obviously is a, is always a good thing. Um, there's no compaction plants involved, so again, it's, it's quite a quiet uh, process as well. Preservation is an, is an ideal process for use on, on bridges because bridges provide uh, probably the most extreme environment that the asphalt's going to find itself in, you know, in terms of exposure to wind, rain and cold temperatures. Our, pro- our product, Rhinofelt's been used on the Hangxi Bay Bridge in China, which is the second longest ocean crossing bridge in the world. It's 22 miles long. Uh, over a million square meters and it's been treated over a five-year cycle and this year the bridge was completed its first cycle so they'll be starting the second cycle uh, fairly soon the chinese road authorities have now published a specification that's been rolled out and so all of the bridge bridges in china will be looking to use rhinofart over the next few years and we've been promoting it in the uk as well to the uh the bridge sector so we'd be delighted to have the opportunity of working with a local authority to do that initial proving demonstration on the bridge in the, in the UK. We'll have more from Howard Robinson in a moment after we've picked news from some of our partners. Highways Voices, with the latest news and events from our partner organisations ITS UK, Elkrig, Adept and the Transport Technology Forum. 
ITS UK is going to go ahead with its 30th birthday party and farewell to retiring Secretary General Jenny Martin on the 13th of December. That's the first day of a two-day rail strike. But after checking with members, many had already booked hotels in London, so the society decided to go ahead. However, the Transport Technology Forum event at the Smart Mobility Living Lab the following day has been cancelled because of the rail strike. It will now be held in late January. And the local council roads innovation group Elkrig has appointed Keeley Metcalf as its new relationship manager. She joins from the rail industry and will work on supporting Elkrig's relationships with more than 100 council members and 130 associate members. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Now back to Adrian's chat with Dr Howard Robinson. If we could go back to the funding Howard, the funding element. I guess nothing really changes unless the funding kind of mechanism changes at the top. So we've had obviously a decade of more of the pothole funds, all kind of geared towards, or most I should say, geared towards kind of reactive maintenance rather than proactive. If we were to turn the tables on that, do you think we'd really start to see a difference out there on the road network? Yes, I think we would. You know, it's been known for many, many years that overall funding for road maintenance, particularly the surface treatment sector has been in decline for asphalt as well. Um, there's, you can go onto the DFT website and uh, look at the figures, and it's uh, reduced dramatically over the last few years. In fact, I sat before the Transport Select Committee in December 2018 and told them that. So there, is, there isn't enough money in the system. You know, we totally understand the challenge that that presents to authorities in terms of treating good roads, you know, let, let's fix good roads. Well, that's obviously going to be a bit of a challenge with the reduction in funding. But if authorities can find a way of diverting, you know, it's just only, say, 5% a year of the uh, the funding that would go into uh, road maintenance, into uh, holding, treating parts of their strategic network and holding that condition, uh, they're going to save a shed load of money uh, fairly quickly, which could then be used to treat the amber and red roads. So it's just getting the balance right, really. As a, as a country, we just don't think about our green roads. We just assume that at some stage it will deteriorate and become amber and ultimately red roads. If we just divert some funding each year into green, it'll build up quite nicely over a five to ten year period. And then, of course, those roads that have been treated will not drop into the um, amber condition for at least 15 years, based on our experience. And it's a very fast economic process. It is the most economic process compared to anything else. So just a 5% um, you know, funding set aside would make a huge difference over, over a you know, five, say, five-year period. For those local authorities that haven't, that haven't invested in Rhinofelt preservation yet, uh, but might be interested in doing so, how do, you, how do you work with local authorities and or contractors to understand what roads are suitable for for, for preservation or, or even, you know, parts of uh, long longer parts of the network. So it might be major routes, for example. Um, yeah. how, how do you work with, with contractors and local authorities to to decide where, where it is appropriate? That process really, you know, we, we started uh, talking to local authorities, uh, particularly in England and more recently Scotland, but particularly in England uh, back in early 2019. And more recently, we've we've been doing webinars and joint webinars with um, with Elkrig as well to try and raise awareness in in the local authority market of the preservation uh, technique, um, and that's growing. We did a questionnaire start of this year through Elkrig, 
to their local authority members and the response was really, really good. And something like 90% of all the local authorities that, um, that re responded uh, indicated that they were they were aware of astral preservation. They were aware of Rhinofelt and they'd either used it or were planning to use it. Um, so on the webinars with local authorities, we do obviously go through the whole process, explain uh, where it should be used and so on, and the benefits. And we normally then get into a conversation around um, the local authority network and the local authority people on the call will start to talk about sites that they're familiar with that fit the criteria. So that what, what is the criteria? Asphalt preservation can be used for treating any type of asphalt, hot rolled asphalt, stone mastic asphalt, asphalt concrete, and so on. So we'll, we'll start talking about roads that are typically eight, nine years old. Depends on the life that authorities are getting for their SMAs and thin surface course systems. So for example, if they, if they think they're getting on average 10 years life before they need to um, get into reactive maintenance, we would suggest that they would look at identifying sites that were eight years old. So two years before reactive maintenance will be anticipated. And then they'll produce a, a short list sites maybe 10 sites and our engineers will go out and provide reports for them to inspect the sites and advise them whether they are suitable or not not all sites are suitable uh, one of the, the key criteria is skidding resistance our process doesn't hinder skidding resistance at all in fact when it's initially applied it'll increase the skidding resistance which will then drop down back to where it was prior to treatment but it's important that authorities don't treat sites that are close to the investigation level uh, because those sites would normally require some other form of treatment. So yes, we'll uh, talk to authorities, advise on the process, look at the sites they propose, go out and inspect them. Uh, once they've identified the sites they'd like to treat, uh, it's then down to the authority to appoint a contractor, uh, put a tender out, for example, to get the work programmed and, and completed in a timely fashion. So. A simple process, really, Howard. Everyone should be doing it. It is a simple process when you when you describe it like that. One of the things that came back on the, the questionnaire that we did uh, back in January, uh, one of the questions we asked was, you know, if you are familiar with asphalt preservation um, and you haven't used it, why haven't you used it? And um, one of the key answers that came back from quite a large number of authorities is one of internal human resource. Authorities have obviously been challenged as well with reduced funding and the impact that has on, on personnel as well. And I think the priority tends to be to get the surface dressing season underway, um, you know, uh, early April, uh, program that and make sure that's, that's working well. Um, we've seen a trend over the past two or three years where the local authorities that have done preservation work uh, have tended to try and concertina it into the back end of the season. You know, starting programs in August and September. I mean, fortunately, asphalt preservation can be used quite safely in August, September, October, and even into early November, uh, because we're not um, challenged with having to try and get the, the chippings embedded, because we're not applying chippings onto the, into the, in the process. But we would recommend that authorities do try and program preservation work throughout the season. Um, it does put a bit of a stress on the supply chain, trying to do large quantities of work at the back end of the season but yes so although it's a simple process we are aware that authorities struggle to um find the the, the manpower the, you know, the human resource to program the work and to make sure it gets done properly an insight into 
preservation in about 15 minutes there. We'll be covering some other surface treatments over the coming weeks and months. But uh, for now, Howard, thank you for your time. Thanks, Adrian. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. That's almost it for Highways Voices this week. But before we go, back to Adrian for... Adrian's accolade. And my accolade this week goes to the team at TRL Software. Its trial of connected vehicle technology in Manchester is using open data provided by TRL software's Scoot 7th traffic management software to create a demonstration app that helps drivers minimise wait times at traffic lights. Teesside-based traffic data analysis company KL Systems is using this data to generate in-vehicle alerts to inform drivers how long it is to go to the next change of lights. The trial is part of a wider deployment, also examines the provision of in-vehicle messaging that can instantly alert drivers to hazards on the road. Certainly progress in the area of carbon reduction and congestion, and that's why they're worthy winners of my accolade this week. Thanks for your company today. We'll be back next week as always, so do join Adrian and me then. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. 